uh, bilingual. Why have you got bilingual from? I don't fucking know. All right, go with it. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the overwhelmed organ maker. Gentlemen, how are we? How's everyone been? Uh, Brett. Steve, what have you been up to? I asked Brett first. Oh, but I wanted Steve to go first. All right, I'll take it really quick. Um, so I finished the tiny workshop build and got the video up just the other day. Was it yesterday? I don't know. Yes, Put the video up. <clears throat> Good. Put the video up, which was grand. Um, it was a lot of work, and uh, I really enjoyed having my conversation with Al after posting it, where... Uh, what we were chatting last time before the podcast about how I should do my cross braces and I still <laughs> still happened to screw it up. So fixed it <laughs> yesterday. Um, and now it's just a question of sorting out the interior, which I'm very excited about. No, 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 no. What did you, how did you screw it up? What did you do? I did the diagonal on the door incorrectly. Like I did one of them correctly and then the other one incorrectly. And like Alan Fisher... <laughs> Alan Fisher was like, hey, man, I don't want to be that guy. But and I was like, don't worry. Al already told me. And the thing <laughs> is, I hung the door and looked at it and went, oh, that's wrong. And then just kept going anyways, because I was like, I'll fix it later. And it it did. It takes. I'll fix it. it took, yeah, it took me five minutes to fix it, which I don't know why I didn't do that during the video. The, turn the door around. Uh, no, I just had to unscrew the the diagonal piece and then just turn it the door 90 degrees. <laughs> just go up. Ah, That's all it was. Oh, it felt like a big dumb. But had a good had a good laugh. Um and people are enjoying the video, which has been fantastic as always. Uh aside from the the first stinky comment that I got from clearly not a subscriber that was just like this video is dumb. Vomit emoji. Peace out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. No, no, no. Just 90 degrees. No, you did the same thing, Steve. By turning it 180, it's oh, the same. Yeah. <clears throat> you have okay, to okay, flip it. There you go, that way. There we go. Steve did a drawing. Um, <laughs> did you so, do it? In yeah, and then um, <laughs> not that there's been a whole lot during the week going on aside from building the shop. Uh, but honestly, yesterday was a really packed day between posting the video and then watching Red's video, which was brilliant. Um, I didn't realize how many people had gotten involved. So it was mm -hmm. super cool to see that. And then got to attend Jeremy's, uh, schools for fools, full school, fools, fools, cool, um, cool. about pirates, which was also brilliant. Um, and then just got to watch Jess's video that she put up. The first one of the poop house cleaning is actually up and crazy. And uh, yeah, it's a busy like 24 hours of just taking in a lot of good stuff from people. So it was a good end to the week. And now I hope to get onto the interior of the workshop space uh, here this week. I'm I'm too excited. I just want to like put everything on the walls. <laughs> and I, I spent a couple hours out there yesterday just kind of unloading uh all of my stuffs inside the space. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna hang this over here. And then immediately wanted to go into owl mode where I just started, you know, screwing two by fours to the wall. I'm like, fuck it, it'll go here for now. <laughs> but had to reserve because I didn't have my camera and I know I should be filming. And do another video for the interior. Uh, a lot of cool things on the horizon, though. Mm -hmm. um, I'm supposed to brave brave the elements or brave the goings-on in the world and drive 40 or 50 miles away because there is a subscriber follower of mine who is a blacksmith who would like me to pop by and say hello. He just so happens to live up the street from the farrier and blacksmith supply where I need to buy coal, which is also right up the street from 
Ameribraid, the 2x72 grinders that we had at Jimmy's. Nice. And they would like me to stop by. Nice. So I'm very excited. There's there's good stuff to do this week, but it does require me getting in the car and then driving out into uh, public, <laughs> which I don't like. But <clears throat> cross that bridge when we get there. That's it for me. Cool. So are you guys not on like full lockdown like we are then? I mean... <laughs> I feel like, like the... I feel like the American version of lockdown is different than probably other places because yeah. I, I pass cars every day that I go out to the cabin to work on it. There's tons of cars and tons of people out. I, I don't, I admittedly don't know what all the regulations are, but uh, I got stuff to do. So I'm going to keep yeah. doing it. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the same over there, but, but it isn't really clear what the regulations are here. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of assumptions and there's a lot of uh, government advice. Yes, that's kind of official government advice, but it doesn't doesn't mean that it's a law or that you you have to do something. Right. Um, and there's a lot of kind of pushback on people kind of getting arrested for stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually doing anything that I'm not allowed to do. You've just been advised not to. So yeah, I'm kind of stuck in between and some of some of the things i did see somebody actually get turned away from home depot because they didn't have a mask oh really i know that's like, like you can you have to yeah. they've made that kind of policy for all the states pretty much yeah. which i have to appreciate like come on man we're all trying here <laughs> and he looked so put out by it too he's like this is ridiculous and you're like it's really it's really, it's not. really not yeah this is that that's the funny thing is like people going in uproar it's like uh. <laughs> yeah um, question, Brett, because um, oh, yeah, you just yeah. mentioned Jess's video. Um, have you found, do you have any like interesting things on your property that like came with the property? Um, aside from a lot of, well, no, I shouldn't say that because by comparison, I have very little garbage. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but the people that lived there prior to me, which I think, I think it's been like, eight months or something since anyone's lived in that space, which still kind of boggles the mind that they were able to live there because there's no power. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they hacked it, but they were growing weed. (laughs) Um, And so there's a few trenches and a few post holes for digging post hole digger for digging posts. Um, There are cement footings for all of those things and or concrete pourings and so some of them are buried still and i have to like dig them up (laughs) and then there are screws and nails and stuff all over the place um i have a surprisingly large amount of moths that have decided to show up and there are ants in a lot of places and my neighbor bob is fantastic and has a beautiful black cat and introduced himself a week ago (laughs) and so yeah, my my property is, you know, it was a project more than it was a livable house. So I don't have a lot of stuff or garbage left over. But admittedly, I haven't really walked all of the five acres, which I hope to do sometime soon just to get. I was kind of thinking it. like a boat <laughs> or <laughs> oh. <laughs> a Chevy or something. Yeah, it, it would it would really be neat to to walk around. But it turns out like because of where where my property is um it's it's very much on like the outskirts there's a few other houses dappled around in the area but i'm clearly like the furthest that they've pushed out in this direction because then there's nothing in front of me like there's no other housing east of me yeah 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 so i wish i wish there was random stuff it would be neat to go around and do some treasure hunting but it looks like it's just old rusty nails there was a dude in Leeds uh, last week who found a car buried in his garden. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's like it's a mystery. It's a um, it's a time capsule that someone's left behind." And, and he was like, "Basically, no. It was the guy who buried it just didn't want to pay for it to be scrapped. Yeah. <laughs> so he just took all his garden and buried it." <laughs> yeah, but that's I did. Uh, did that back in the day. <laughs> I had. A uh, little conversation with Bob. He's he's becoming this. He's he's like the most interesting man. He's he's such a quirky dude. I thought Bob was the cat. 
<laughs> no, I can't remember his cat's name. Um, Bob has he got a cabin and then built onto it a little bit, and he calls it the the atomic cabin. It's all very like fifties and sixties. Oh, cool interior, and he did really well in his younger days, and so like he's got some really cool stuff. He has four shipping containers that are all full of stuff, and like he wants to convert stuff into workshops and creative spaces. The one thing he was talking to me about, he was like. You know, I keep finding deals or like people keep uh, asking me if I want containers and they'll give me like good price and everything. I'm thinking about getting one and then just burying it and having like an underground bunker. And I was like, you let me know if you want to do that. I would love to bury or bury a container on my property and have a, an underground workspace. It'd nice. be su- super neat. Because he has a little tractor. It's like a little old tractor with a little dump bucket on the front. So, I don't know. Lots of stuff in the future. Anyway, continue forward, boys. What have you been up to? Yes, Steve. Uh, Al, what have you been up to? Touche. (laughs) Um, So, this past week, uh, it's been crazy hectic at work because, um, yeah, like, obviously working in branding, uh, as you will all have seen, everyone's desperate to kind of stay relevant at the moment. So you have gotten hundreds of desperate emails from every company that you've ever bought anything from, um, trying to keep, keep, keep on top of your mind. So when, when, and if this all goes back to normal, people will still give a shit and buy things. Um, I don't think it will. And I think it's hilarious. And I think the whole kind of, um, landscape of, of capitalism will be very different. Um, just got to look at like a supermarket for how people like just don't give a fuck about brands anymore. Like once upon a time you'd have to buy Heinz ketchup. Now you're just like, I don't care. Just give me ketchup, but don't care what brand it is. Um, so all my clients have been like crazy, like try to get work done all the time. It's, it's always this case. So like when there's a recession on the branding um, industry actually does really well because everybody wants to change all the time. Um, so I've been lucky in that I've, I've still got shitloads of work, uh, but I'm off for two weeks. As of tomorrow. So this past week has just been a crazy push to basically get everything done. Um, Because although I'm not going away anywhere, I really don't want to be called into work and have to like babysit remotely. So um, I pretty much, yeah, try to get everything wrapped up so I can just be like two weeks without any interruptions um, and actually get on with shit, get shit done. So it's been a lot of work. Um, Yesterday was just basically cleaning everything getting everything ready so i can just have a total fucking makeathon for two weeks which is i'm really looking forward oh my to. god the um, amount of stuff that you're gonna do I'm... it's gonna be awesome um <laughs> when i when i have that kind of block block of time i can get so much shit done um and then also the weather's been so fucking nice here brett um that i've cracked out the bur- the the barbecue for the first time and mm. the brioche buns are proving as we speak I've got some short rib ready to grind. It's going to be the first burgers of the year. Um, I was having a conversation with Joel yesterday, and it kind of inspired me to to make some burgers. So nice. straight after this, I'm going outside to grill for the first time in this year, so I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be so nice. Just, just you you alone with yourself oh, and Bruce. What better fucking way to grill. Yeah. Mm. Um, weirdly enough, I, I actually had a couple barbecues the last week. Um, using up the very dregs of last year's charcoal. Um, Ooh, that's a good point. I might have to do this on wood. I'm not sure. Yeah, if I yeah. Mm. Don't forget that. It's <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> wood fine burgers. Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, yes, yeah, so I've used up the last of uh, last year's charcoal. I've got some uh, some really nice, good uh, charcoal on order from Whitlam Flame. Um, Other brands uh, of charcoal are available. Other brands are available, but none of them are quite as delightful. <laughs> um, it's a wood uh, talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so I've, I've basically I've, I've got the, the a little cheap shitty, um, uh, not Bell. Is it Bell? I don't fucking know. One of the shit round ones that are cheap from Lidl. Uh, I've got one of those barbecues. Kettle um, barbecue. That's the one, not Bell. Uh, yeah, I got one of them that Bert, that I've uh, used the last couple of years, but I'm mid making a new barbecue. Uh, I 
I had a conversation with some people about it uh, the other day, and there was lots of excitement and then being like, oh, if you're making a barbecue, you should film it. It'd be a really good video and all this. And I went, I picked up my camera to take it down to the workshop and went, no, because I don't know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm using all of my scraps. Like, I mean, this is, it is the Franken cue. Like, it's just random different size bits of angle iron welded together to make a box and like the sheet steel is all going to be from different things and that's perfect like each leg's going to be a different type of steel and a different size <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a fucking horrible looking thing but it should work um and i realized that actually if i'm going to be building it i don't want to be trying to film it whilst also trying to figure out how i'm building it as <laughs> i'm building it um because i even I actually thought of uh, of you, Al, whilst, whilst I was doing it, because I was I laid a few bits out and was like, right, so I've got this material that I can do this with, but then how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do the next thing? And I was just like fully trying to build the entire thing in my head <laughs> and just went, oh, fuck it. And uh, got the angle grinder out, started cutting stuff up and welding it together. And uh, yeah, that was... That was good. It was nice to kind of get back to actually making some stuff. I think if you've got scraps as well, that it, it kind of takes the um, the pressure off it. Yeah. You know, if 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 you if you'd if you'd laid everything out and had all the, the proper pieces measured, and, and I've got this is you know that's that's for the legs, and that's like yeah, it, it's just putting pressure on you. If you've mm. got scraps and you're going like, well, I'm just gonna, like Brett, you were kind of like um, building the the um, shave horse as it as it went. And adjusting it as it went, and it was just it, it, you know it, it allows you to be a bit more free with your building and, and your, yeah. your creativity and, and problem solving because you can just be like, oh yeah, shit, no, that that look that that'll work perfectly for the leg, and I only mm-hmm. need three now because it's uneven yeah. ground, so I just want to be able. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been mucking around with that a bit. Uh, nice. I've, you should film um, it, make a video of it. <laughs> yeah, you should maybe put a video up. I uh, I had enough trouble just getting. Um, uh, the video done for for Red's video because not only did I have to remember to actually film something that had me and Jazz in it, but I also had Al messaging me every ten like as in Alex Pole, not as in you, uh, messaging me every ten minutes, being like, um, "Can you get a bit of a clip sorted for Red? And can you do this to it? And oh, actually, can you add this in? And oh, for Al, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he wanted me to send him send Red his clip, and I was like, "Fuck <laughs> sake, Al." Um, it was yeah, nice so, minute, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I've been I've been doing that, and uh, again, just trying to keep on top of the the schools with fools, uh, schools for fools thing, um, which I actually just want to give a quick shout out because it's been a bit of a ball like for me getting everything sorted and like trying to fit it in amongst everything else because um, where I'm using the uh, the Moonshine Metalworks account for the Hangouts. Um, I've uh, I can't actually record them, um, so we've had to record them separately. So I've had Jamie Reader uh, jumping on to every hangout to be able to, so, to make sure that we can actually record it, um, so that we can then put it out and put it live. And he's set me up with a VM so I can jump onto his his server, so I don't have to download it from the internet onto mine on my shitty internet and and all of this. Um, and he's saved my bacon a couple of times because he's jumped in and, and taken over when I've not been available to to, mm-hmm. to do stuff um so yeah i just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out and a thank you because without him i couldn't have got it all done and sorted so thank you jamie you massive dickhead um <sighs> which leads me on to my ex thing which is shouting at fucking squarespace to get my fucking domain sorted so that i can do it on the fools of tools account rather than dicking around with mine but yeah so don't... angry Oh, they're just such dicks. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of it. Um, obviously, with the Fools with Tool stuff, we've been doing lots of fun things. Um, and without meaning to go back onto Jamie again, but uh, one of the ones that I've been really keen to do was Jamie's Fusion 360 class, which, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, and I've wanted to do more work with... Uh, I, I, I want to do more digital uh work so like with the illustrator stuff that al helped me with um last year and with the fusion stuff that jamie's helping with now um one of the 
the things that I always found is it's that that not knowing where to start um, and the whole idea, the whole process being a complete mystery and scary and kind of overwhelming and fuck, what do I do with this? Um, and it's amazing how just like a little um, a little kind of nudge in the right direction can make a huge difference to a project. Same with like the, the barbecue, like it was looking at it and it was that the whole um, paralysis by analysis thing, like mm -hmm. it it's having to go actually fuck it. I don't need to think 12 steps ahead. I can just think about this first step, get the ball rolling and then start moving things forwards. Um, mm -hmm. Which I think has happened uh, with a few things with me recently. And it's been really nice just kind of getting, uh, getting the ball rolling, getting a little bit of momentum to be able to carry on and do stuff. And it's, it's amazing how a, a problem that appears um, like overwhelming and, and insurmountable can when when you're on a roll doesn't even seem like that much of a problem it's just like okay right how do i get around this and that's it um so yeah i i, I just wondered if you guys had any thoughts or feelings or examples on that al yeah and um, like a really interesting way of putting it because the the, the on a roll thing as well it like it encourages you and it's like the little boosts aren't they so it's like yeah you get momentum but i think it's also um it can also accelerate it as well because, for instance, with the armor, because it's something I've never done before. It's really daunting. Yeah. I, 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 back to what you were saying before, like I'm thinking about the whole thing in my head, you know, thinking about making an entire suit of armor in my head. Yeah. Whereas actually, I just started cutting bits out and just seeing what would happen. Yeah. And actually doing it, you, you actually find things out that help the process. So instead of like having to learn the whole thing. I'm actually going, oh, right. Now I know that this behaves, the material behaves in this way. Actually, this is going to make a whole, di a yeah. lot of difference going forward. Or, um, you know, I only have to anneal it if I'm doing this and not if I'm just curving, you know, if I'm just, if I'm just putting it through the rollers. Yeah. I'm not beating it because it only work hardens when you beat it. Mm -hmm. So things like that, you know, so actually just doing it and instead of like, thinking about it and being afraid and, and and it being this you know it's the old um eat the elephant thing you know you you can't yeah. do the whole thing at once um but actually just having a little bit of the elephant gives you a better idea of like how thick the skin is and how tough the meat is and you know <laughs> actually going for the eyeball first because it's all juicy and oh yeah. god <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean because I, I i think i have like a very similar sort of thing uh with the truck and it's happened a few times where i've I've had the opportunity to start working on it, but I've gone in, I've gone down and I've looked at it and like say it's the whole <laughs> elephant thing and just gone, oh fuck, what do I, I, but I'm gonna have to do this and then I'm gonna have to do that and then this is gonna happen and and like that, the fear of of having to deal with all the electronics in it and yeah. getting the engine working and realizing that you know the ECU has spent uh, probably three years sat in a plastic box that had an inch and a half of water in the bottom <laughs> and being like fuck, well I'm gonna have to sort that. But I don't need to sort that yeah. until I get to that, and by then I'll have I'll have learned so many other things, and I'll have so much more experience with the truck that that won't be such a daunting issue to deal with. Mm. I think um, I think that's nice with projects like that where the, it is so multifaceted as well. So yeah. you've got all these different things you can attack. You know, I could start I could start working on the foam padding or the the undersuit yeah. or the leather bits or the metalwork or polish. You know, there's like there's things I could be doing in different stages yeah. it isn't all like linear yeah yeah i mean i think with with the truck for example like i know that there's there's certain things that need doing and that makes sense to do to do first yeah um, in, a, in a sort of traditional way and in a yeah. manufacturing way in a yeah. this is how they do it in a proper shop in a garage yeah, yeah exactly and i mean like like for the I'm, I'm gonna keep using the truck as an example but like i know that realistically it makes sense that actually I need to sand down all of the chassis and repaint that as I go. And then once that's done, then I can do this and that and the other. But like you say, it's it means that if I'm down there and I'm like, actually, you know what? I've been grinding paint off of this thing for the last four days. Mm. I can't face another day. I can go, well, I'm just going to play with the wiring on the engine and tidy that up mm -hmm. a bit. Or I'm, I'm going to take inventory of all the stuff that's missing. Or I'm going to knock out the holes that are in the 
door or whatever. Like I think, like you say, that having something that's a bit multifaceted. But I think quite a lot of projects are like that if you allow yourself to think a little bit unlinear. I can't even say the fucking word. But like, non-linear. Thank you. Uh, if you allow yourself to think in a non-linear way. Well, well, I, I, yeah, go on, Brett. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what your opinions are on like, maybe not just these big projects or, or maybe not like multi-material or super complicated stuff like vehicles. Is it, is every project a bit daunting? Like big, small material wise doesn't really matter. Like we've talked about the approach before, or like you said a minute ago, the, how do you eat an elephant? But to me, um, the the times where I run into a little bit of roadblocks are are Roadhouse. new materials <laughs> or things that I've never worked with before. But I also know yeah. plenty of people and um, moments that I've uh, experience myself where it may be a material or, or a project that I've kind of done before, or I've done something similar to it and it doesn't seem quite as daunting. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always like the new thing. It doesn't really matter if I've, if I've made something out of wood and steel before, then pretty much anything made out of wood and steel doesn't really feel all that complicated or all that daunting to me, it's the minute you start going like, all right, you have to make something with a raspberry pie. Like that instantly kills me. But what I'm getting at is, I think uh, a lot of times it's, it's it doesn't really matter if it's a new thing for some people. I'm trying to gauge <laughs> the two sides of the fence thing. Cause like, yeah, once I've worked in a material, nothing really bugs me about that anymore. Like Steve, if you put the entire, if I were you and I did the entire car, then cars going forward would like not concern me whatsoever. Not reverse. And, <laughs> but yeah, I, but I don't, I don't think it's just the material that it's, that's daunting or the, the technique. I think, yeah. I think no matter what things I undertake, there's, there's, totally different things which can be the daunting element to it so it could be something that i know how to do really well but i've only got a day to do it yeah or, uh, do you know what i mean or something that i've got a lot of time to do but it's for somebody else so yeah. suddenly the, the the judgment criteria are different you know and um, so the daunting aspect i think the, the the materials thing is only one side of it and it's something that we kind of lean towards because we're interested in trying new things all the time yeah mm. um, but a lot of the things from well you know especially in my day job the daunting thing is not the actual thing i'm doing the yeah. actual thing i'm doing is like you know bottom of the list of of, of worries and priorities is because because you know you do it day, day in day out but it yeah. could be that the 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 people involved are daunting or yeah. the, the, where it's going to end up is daunting it could be you know like Lots of people will see it, or it'll be judged, or like you know, yeah. um, who it's for. I think is a really daunting thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like um, the the again the the truck. Like for me, the thing that's daunting about it is it's not um, any one particular aspect of it. It's not uh, you know, I, I spent a year working in a garage um, working on cars. Like it's not, it's not, um, it's not the idea of working uh, on the truck itself that's daunting it's just the sheer scale of the of what's involved like mm. any individual task that i have to accomplish on the truck no single one of those are daunting as such it's the the project as as a whole um which is why one of the things that um that i'm trying to do that's kind of helped me get over myself and start working on it properly is uh is breaking it down into lists and yeah that that in itself is scary because you look at it and there's a, a list as long as my arm times eight sort of thing. Um, but that list can then be broken down into smaller lists. And it's like, actually, each one of these, like, I can do that. That's easy. That's half an hour. That's that's a day's work. That's 20 minutes. Like, that's actually, I can't do that unless I've got two other people here to help me lift it and move it sort of thing. Like, um, I think breaking it down in, into into bite-sized chunks makes makes a huge difference when it comes to stuff like that mm. um but 
I, I think it's not just uh, necessarily the materials, but it's the the technologies involved as well. Like I mean, I've, I've said before about not wanting to necessarily work on um, electrical product uh, projects, even if it's something that's you know, really fucking simple. As simple as like rewiring a uh, a new speaker into a radio or something like that. Like, okay, that's probably a bad example because that is literally just two wires out, two wires in. But anything where I'm it's more than just a wire out and a wire in. Our speakers work. Yeah. Um, but uh, but any, you know what I mean, though. Like it, the idea of, I mean, I've I've said to Al uh, earlier in the week, one of the projects I've wanted to do for ages is like his uh, Hack Shack radio that was using an old um, power supply out of an old Mac, um, a car stereo, and some speakers to make a. A, a workshop radio that's got a USB port in it so you can charge your phone and and all these other things like that's been on my to-do list for so long and I've got the PSU sat here ready to go but it's daunting because it's an entirely new discipline it's not even the fact that it's a, a new material or a new um uh a, a new project it's just it's a completely different discipline it's something that I've never really worked in um so it's you know it's intimidating it's it's scary the, the, there's always a penny drop moment though so for for, for something yeah. like electronics it is daunting like electrical is daunting because it's dangerous and can kill you <laughs> electronics is daunting because it sounds like it's you know either highly yeah. technical or there's maths involved for science um but one of the things that gets me through it and why i'm able to wing a lot of stuff is like the first time that you are able to just even just make a, an led blink on or off yeah, you realize that's all there is to it. Yeah, and anything else is just several LEDs put together, <laughs> or in a different configuration. And yeah. some of those LEDs happen to be speakers, or sensors, or switches, or resistors. Or, you know, and yeah. there's no, there's literally no difference to it. So it's all just process from that point on, yeah. and all that, all that kind of intimidation just just disintegrates. Um, you're talking about like chunking it down before. Um, in the bite-sized pieces, so I've got a good cooking analogy for you. <laughs> um, I've worked in various like restaurants throughout the years, and going from like um, you know like short order cook to like haute cuisine, fancy food, and then I started at this place that was like a banqueting restaurant. So yeah. it was the, it was the Michelin star level food, but for three hundred people. And I remember my first shift, and I was like how the fuck do you cook food like that for three <laughs> people like on that scale? And it was like, it was literally no different. Yeah. The, the only thing you were adding in was like some form of multiplication. You were making the same sauce, but instead of a tiny little saucepan with a spoon, yeah. you were making it in a big 300 pan with yeah. huge big blocks of butter, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it, it, it didn't suddenly become this whole new art form or a whole new way of cooking. It was exactly the same thing. Yeah, you'd, you'd just batch stuff out and you'd get, You'd get help because you had to you had to plate up three hundred instead of five. Yeah. Um. And like, if you'd have told me that the day before, I would have shit myself and gone, "There's no way I can cook for three hundred people." You know, a six course dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do it because it, it these things are intimidating at first, but when you actually understand them, you yeah. take away that 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 sort of instinctive human reaction of of going, "I can't do it." Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think I, it helps. It helps when you've got either someone to explain it to you, or like I said, that penny drop moment where you're like, "Oh, right, that's just yeah. it's just that, but with some some extra yeah. calculations." And <laughs> I think one of the other things is realizing that you don't need to know every single piece of information about a a field or a material or yeah. whatever to be that able helps. to work with it. Because, like, I think one of the things that I find intimidating about uh, electronics is the fact that there's just so much you can do and there's so like you can really get down into the minute detail and and it's kind of that like well I want to I, I want to understand how that works and you know I want to understand how my monitor works like I want to actually understand <laughs> where everything comes from and all these little things and then realizing that actually to to wire up a car stereo into a box that I've made I don't need to understand all of that. I think that's the beauty of it. In, in the, that removes that barrier as well. And by all means, come back later. 
and yeah. find out how you did it. But for now, as long as it fucking works, this is another thing I love about electronics. If it yeah. fucking works, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to know all the ins and outs. It's like I plug it in, it turns on. Yeah. You know, that's why I've wired up my fucking dartboard to Alexa so I can just <laughs> tell her to turn the darts on. It's like, this is great. Like, yeah. you know, I could get into the coding and I could do it myself, but like this works, so move on. Yeah. yeah. I've got other shit to worry about. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I know that there are, like, there are disciplines where actually you do need to have a decent base knowledge before you go into making, like, I'm not going to try and build a bridge across the seven estuary just because I fancy playing around at bridge making sort of thing. Like, like I know that there's going to be a little bit more involved in it than that, but so many things you can just start out and, and the majority of beginner projects in any discipline are just that they're beginner projects for a reason mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't entail every single thing that you do like i mean that's why we start off with nail making because it teaches you two of the seven disciplines and it's it's really fucking easy to make something that mm -hmm. looks like a nail and functions like a nail making a really really nice absolutely perfect nail isn't that's quite difficult but you can do something that does the job really easily yeah but it isn't that intimidating as a concept no. If you were saying uh, make some sort of like Dirty Smith ornate scrolled cooking hood. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be like, what? But like you say, it's using exactly the same techniques. Yeah. Um, but, and, I, but, and I'm pretty sure nobody that ever tried it has been scared of making a nail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, is it, it's like you look at a, um, like a massive gate or uh, on a stately home or something like that, like the one on uh, Buckingham Palace or something like that is just it's a series of scrolls and these are scrolls that are normally done with with a jig so it's just a series of scrolls and anyone can do a scroll like you know you you try blacksmithing after after you've made a nail the next thing you're probably going to do is a curly cue and then you're going to do some kind of scroll and then some kind of twist and it's it's really simple concept it's really easy to do and all you're doing is doing that repeatedly and then sticking them all together like it's it's not it's not as um, as intimidating, or it shouldn't be as intimidating as it is. Um, but I think like just because of the sheer scale, people go, "Oh fuck, no, I can't do that." Um, I wonder if scale is one of the big things uh, for me as well as other people. It's like the bigger something becomes, the more daunting instantly. Yeah. Or or reverse that. The smaller it gets, the more difficult, you know, because I have a hard time working small. And it, we've talked about it on things like forging small is really difficult because of heat and volume and whatnot. But uh, like small electronics, watching those, you know, I watch a few channels with guys restoring old Game Boys and old electronics <laughs> and stuff. And like the small little tools and they've got their giant magnifying glass that they can yeah. see everything. Oh, fucking and surface it, mount like yeah. soldering is just a whole yeah a whole other planet i, I had never <laughs> known because i don't play around with electronics a lot i didn't know solder wicking there's like a material yeah. that like pulls yeah. the solder off <laughs> oh that is a very satisfying situation <laughs> but stuff like that um you know i shouted out that that channel a few weeks back where the guy had restored the old game boy and Moments like that where the item itself, I have so much, um, I'm so aware and and I know what the thing is and what it does, the object, that pulling it open and seeing what the guts are isn't, isn't the daunting part. It's yeah. like sorting it out from there and watching those channels do the testing and figuring out where the fail points are and like, oh, can you see how the little copper wire is broken here well that's the connection broken so now we just need to jump that with some sort like <clears throat> those those kind of situations seem very tangible for me because i know the object so well yeah but if somebody were to throw me in front of say a very by by electrician standpoints a very simple project but i've never held the thing in my hand before it's going to seem daunting to me because I'm just, I have no familiarity with the thing, the object. Yeah. It's what always blew my mind about um, Jimmy when he gets all these old tools and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
and and like the car he's working on right now he doesn't seem intimidated in the slightest (laughs) by anything because he just he has spent so much of his life pulling things apart fixing them and it's just a series of putting those things together like oh i've seen a gear like this before it worked on this thing okay well now it's a gear that goes on the window and it's a simple mechanism so how do i get the window to work and now he's like shoving his ice pick with a battery charger you know onto the electrodes and stuff stuff like that to me seems extremely daunting because i'm like what do you even do what do you even where do you start (laughs) but i think i think that's um that's one of the advantages that jim has is because he's got so such varied experience and he's done so many things it's very easily for easy for him to relate it to another task i mean like with when it comes to um to electronics and like even just car electricals and stuff like that like one of the things that I find intimidating is um, I've got a multimeter. I've got a fucking clue how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what... I've seen lots of people using them, Steve. It's easy. You just touch them and it yeah. goes beep or doesn't go beep. That's all yeah, you need to do. Exactly. That, that, that's <laughs> it. And uh, and I realized uh, a little while back that actually I don't need to know what each and every one <laughs> is. I just need to know how do I figure out how to do the thing that I need to do for the job yeah. that I'm doing at the time. But um, what do you think most fucking people who do that for a living do? Do you think yeah. they all like went to university and sat through ten years of like electrical theory, yeah. or did they just get given it as an apprentice and go do this yeah. and it'll beep if it's right and it won't if yeah. it's wrong? And then you yeah. learn you learn on the go, you learn on the job. Like yeah. my job now, like I remember day one, I didn't know how to use fucking Illustrator or Photoshop or anything, and that was all they used at work, but. Yeah, well, as long as I understood what I had to do to get it done, I could learn that as I went. Yeah, and I think that's that, that's one of the ridiculous things about um, about that kind of or this kind of in, intimidation in a in something as simple as a fucking multimeter. Because <laughs> like I every every job that I've gone for in IT, I've worked on completely bespoke um, systems, and I've been a support agent. So within a couple of weeks of being in a new um uh, in a new job i'm expected to be able to support an entire business infrastructure if anything goes wrong and this is mm-hmm. hundreds of systems across you know i mean the one of the last companies i was in it was shitloads of different systems across multiple different companies within the group that were all built by entirely different people um a lot of the the systems no longer had or were no longer supported because the people that had built them had left and it was just a case of just okay i just got to get stuck in and figure out what's wrong i've got to look in the error logs i've got to do this i've got to do that i you know spend half an hour on google finding out what this is in terms to in relation to that and you know oh it's written in a in a, a language that nobody else in the office actually works so all right i've now I've got to teach myself how to how to use fucking C sharp or Python or fucking groovy or something like that. Because this one person went on a course learning how to write groovy and went, Oh, I'm going to write everything in groovy because it's fun and nobody else knows how to use it. Groovy. And, uh, it's, it's such a fucking annoying thing. Um, but like, it, like stuff like that, because it's, um, it's, it's like Brett said, it's familiar. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do that all the time. So that's not intimidating. I quite happily jump into another IT job in a big company where, you know, I'm I'm part of the support staff and I don't necessarily know the system or it's whatever. But but then you put me on the Mac and even though it's a a fucking entire thing designed to be user friendly, it's in a weird mm-hmm. way intimidating because it's like, well, the the mouse and keyboard are, are wrong because the, the <laughs> what's that button doing? Why isn't there a right click and all this? And it, it's those uh, those little things um, that uh, that make it kind of daunting. Well, daunting is a bit a bit much, but like make it uh, frustrating. And I think that's the thing is if if you can find those um, those little bits of familiarity, um, those little kind of safe zones, then it's fine. Because that, that's the thing is it's it's like being in a nice little uh harbor like just having to to nip out go along the coast and go into another harbor eh, yeah that, that's fine the idea of leaving the harbor and sailing to the new world where you know 
land is not going to be in sight for three months and you're just having to hope that the person that's got the sector actually knows what he's doing and you're going in the right direction still and not just going round in circles. Did that... somebody attend the pirate class last night? <laughs> <laughs> like that's fucking intimidating. That's that's fucking scary. But then you but yeah, it it, it is just a case of going look like uh my uncle put it brilliantly because I had uh I had a wonderful car called the Disaster. Um that I I hated driving and I didn't trust it to go any more than like 10 miles. And uh, and he kind of said, well, if you've driven it for, uh, like if you've driven 10 miles 10 times, then that's 100 miles. So why wouldn't you just drive 100 miles in, in one shot? And I was like, because cause it, it, it uh, 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 and, and that's all a lot of it is. It's just doing 10 miles at a time, just one after the other rather than, having a break in between was he in the mm. proclaimers your uncle <laughs> <laughs> oh you you do your 100 miles then you can do 100 more <laughs> I, I actually thought one of you two was going to pick that up then but no apparently not that yeah, was a great story Steve can you, can you give your answer in the form of a question <laughs> Well, I I talked for a while, and I was like, "Well, these guys must have something else to say," and, and then apparently not. I award you uh, no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> um, well, here's yeah. what's done. Here's here's my final daunting thing uh, that I will be getting into between this recording and our next recording is um, the interior of the workspace is. It's a bit daunting right now, but not because of material or or labor intensity. It's more decision making. Like I find decision making to be a daunting task every now and then. That just like something that can be changed. It is not permanent by any means, but like this needs to be a decision with some thought put behind it because it's going to at least create the next step right so where do you put a shelf in the shop well i'd like to be able to put al al's reasoning or at least the the kind of jokes that we've had about it in the past is like it needs to go up on the wall great boom and it just it gets screwed to the wall and then it's there it doesn't really require as much thought or or pre-planning because it can be moved again right you're like okay never mind it didn't work there let's lower it six inches but as far as this interior space goes, it's like, I, I really want to try and be able to optimize it because I don't have a lot of stuff, but I need it to be a comfortable enough space that when I put things like shelving up or a, probably what is going to be a single workbench that'll probably get moved around, um, like what do all those things look like? And I don't want to start building something only to realize that my time and energy that went into it are, I don't know, they're, they're kind of null and void because it didn't serve the purpose that I needed it to. Can I, can I make one point? It doesn't matter how long you spend thinking about it, planning it, working it all out. I guarantee you'll build it. And within two, three weeks, you'll go, oh, fuck, I wish I'd put this there. Or I wish I'd moved that mm -hmm. there. Like your best bet, like from Every uh, every maker, every person, every workshop that I've known, followed, whatever, your best bet is to make it um, easily configurable so you can move shit around. If you can put stuff on wheels, put it on wheels. If you can, um, if you can make it so that you know you're you deck the entire thing out in um, uh, French cleats so you can move the shelves around, or Freedom you do. Cleats. Yes. Freedom. Or, or you do like Laura did with her uh, customizable uh, racking or whatever. Like, if you can make it so that you can easily change it around, like, that's what I would do if I was to, to do it again. Just because I know, like, I my workshop, the first time I ever set it up, I was like, right, this is absolutely perfect. This is going to be exactly how my workflow is. And then two months later, I'm like, this is fucking awful. Why did I put that there? And I've moved, mm -hmm. I've moved around so many times. And it's still not right. It's still not perfect because you're, especially someone like you, where your workflow changes all the time. Like 
yeah, you'll do a couple of blacksmithing projects and then you'll do a leatherworking project, then you'll do a shave horse project, then you'll do something else, and then you'll do something else, and then you'll whatever. And <clears throat> and so you're never gonna have it set up to do one thing really or you're never gonna have it set up specifically for one thing really well unless you have it so that you can move shit around. Um and you know it it's the whole thing of like if you if you set it up to do multiple jobs at the same time it's going to do all of them badly or you set it up for the job that you want to do at the time and it does that much better um if that makes sense no absolutely it's just the like spreading too thin right yeah, yeah. You, you, the old adage of you can't please everybody all the time yeah, like it yeah, works exactly. the same way in this situation where I'm not going to be able to please myself. <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Um, <laughs> let's let's not go that way. I'm not going to be able to create a shop that can cater to literally everything I want to do comfortably. Yeah. So it's better if I put the focus on maybe using your advice, maybe pick like two or three, say woodworking, leatherworking, blacksmithing, see yeah. if I can get those to be running decent or at least above mediocre and then allow everything else to kind of fall into place as it as it comes along yeah yeah exactly i mean it's like if you're because of the workshop that you've got like if i was you i would definitely just put a um like a lean-to roof on the outside and have the blacksmithing stuff outside because be so much less hassle than trying to move it all around every time you're trying to do anything else because you know you're gonna have to have the anvil in the middle of the workshop and then the forge is going to be there and it's just going to mean that everything's always dirty it's always going to be in the way and you're gonna to have to move the anvil every time you want to do anything that's not blacksmithing and thank you uh, for reminding me of all of this steve <laughs> sorry but uh but yeah i mean it's i i don't like in a weird way like it's exciting and wonderful as it is getting to set up a new shop at the same time i don't envy you because it doesn't matter what you do you're always going to end up kicking yourself and it's one of the joys of it. But, yeah. So. I'm not 100% sure that I could do lean-to extension thing. Like, I don't know how that works into the square footage because I've already <laughs> maxed out my non-permitted zoning situation. Like, that's why this yeah. the shop is the size that it is. And I'm not sure if adding a couple of beams and, like, a little section of roof, if they're going to well, go... Technically, there's, nope. no, there's no floor, so it's, like, doesn't yeah. have a square footage. Yeah, and because in, in is, the UK it was about the floor space. Yeah, and okay. and if if there's only uh, if there's no walls, or I think it's like it's the same as smoking showers. If there's less than like seventy five percent of the walls are covered, then it doesn't count as a building. It's an open space. Um, mm. See, but carports they have a thing about carports out here. I've already looked into. So like even just a roof on four beams is considered right. one of these structures. So I don't know. So what you could do is, you know, those uh, the the brackets that you had that were bolted into the concrete, mm -hmm. put a couple of them up, put a uh, couple of posts in them that are in line with the rest of the building, and then have literally a sail. So whenever you want to do your blacksmithing, you hoist the sail, that mm -hmm. sail acts as your roof, and then you blacksmith away and you're undercover. You I'm see, it sounds really romantic when you're talking about Brett, because obviously it's his whole theme. That's what I've got outside mine with a tar. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it just looks like a fucking homeless shelter. Yeah, but that's because you've got a tar and not a sail. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> but um I I do actually have if we're gonna be wrapping up fairly soon, I one of the things you said earlier on um was about uh doing really small stuff and I find <laughs> uh, I find that really interesting because I I much prefer forging small um it's a it's about the only time I actually like using gas but I really enjoyed making the little miniature chef's knife that I made for um for Al for Christmas or the little um mini blacksmith knives I've made for Jeff and Jesse and, and people like that like the idea of doing these little tiny things I really, really enjoy because it's um, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge on a um, on something that I'm I'm used to doing. Um, but the idea of doing a full size chest knife 
was hugely intimidating um, and not something I, I wanted to tackle. But having done the tiny one, it's made me realize that whilst, yes, I'm still not going to make the best chef's knife ever, like I'm nowhere near that sort of skill level. And I'm, to be perfectly honest, I'm still a little bit kind of umming and ahhing if, oh, if okay. it's worth me even bothering. But the fact that I've done the small one means that actually I've already problem solved a lot of the things that I was worried about doing anyway. It's like, well, actually, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. It's just making sure that when it comes to actually doing it, I, I do it well rather than not knowing how to do it. Does that make sense? Mm. Uh, Al, any final thoughts? You've just pretty much wrapped it up there, dude. You That's could say good. that was biffing. That means you are first, Al. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> so my spiff is uh, a bit of a steal because somebody actually spiffed him in the Facebook group. It was Ulla spiffed um, a guy from Australia called Nets What I Reckon. Um, and I think he just spiffed him because it was the video was a bit sweary and <laughs> funny. Uh, but on closer inspection, his channel is fucking amazing. Um, essentially, it's just a, a dude in Australia with zero patience. Uh, but during lockdown, he's just he's just started um, cooking shit, and everybody's like totally like overreacting to his cooking videos because they're amazing, <laughs> and just saying you should basically your channel should now be a cooking channel. Um, <laughs> so like he's made like ten videos since since lockdown started, uh, all basically just uh, showing you how to cook really simple stuff. So like, don't fucking buy pasta sauce in a jar. Here's the three ingredients that go into pasta sauce. <laughs> Don't buy fucking microwaveable risotto. Here's the easy recipe for a risotto. Um, and like how to make soup and shit. Just everything's like cupboard staples. It's so simple. Everything he says is like correct from a culinary point of view. Um, and he just knows what he's talking about, but he's just done it in such like a dry, kind of hilarious, hyperactive way. Um, <laughs> and I love it. And he's great. Like so, hang on. So dry, hyperactive. He's uh, me, but Australian. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> Australian me, but with lots of tattoos. He's re he's very metal. Sounds awesome. Um, Nats, what I Nats, reckon. what I reckon. His yeah. logo is like the turtles logo. Turtles, yeah, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, despite you telling me quite uh, bluntly yesterday to uh, watch him, I still haven't actually watched anything yet. Uh, but I will. I will check them out. The easy to digest short form videos, Stephen. Fantastic! It's just what I like. Fantastic. Uh, Brett. Yes. So, for anyone that has been attending the classes, um, first off, thank you for all the hard work behind the scenes, Esteban. Appreciate you. Just want everybody to know that. I appreciate you. Um, the Schools for Fools has been great, and I got to attend the pirate class yesterday where I got to learn a bit more about one of my favorite things ever from the delightful Jeremy Foberg. <laughs> um, he has a lot of experience and worked on tall ships and is a reenactor of piratey things, and it's it's really really neat to have somebody that yeah maybe into the the culture or the uh you know fanboy out a little bit about piratey things but he actually knows historical facts and yeah. and goings on and um listening to him kind of uh disarm some some things about pirates or or like when he was talking about the animals like well yeah. this tracks but this doesn't or eye patches work, uh, but not really. And then Adam yeah. Savage and then being able to have somebody that, uh, you know, understands your maker world and like your group of friends, but maybe you don't interact with all that time feeding you all this information. You just feel, feel a good connection with them and you don't feel as intimidated. We actually had, was it, was that discussion had yesterday, Steve, where it was like, um, 
or no, we were talking about it on the last episode. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're required to learn these things or there's going to be a test. So the intimidation factor and your kind of self like stress and, and like, okay, I need to be paying attention and just take all this in because there's somebody's going to give me a paper later to write. It's so comfortable to just sit there and like take in all this information. So Jeremy is spiffing. I super appreciate it. And I, I can't wait until he does the next few classes. And I will say uh, based on Jeremy's uh, suggestion yesterday, if anybody has an audible account <laughs> and has an extra credit kicking around, um, under the black flag was one of the two books that he recommended yesterday and it's on audible and I'm already like three or four hours into it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a short listen. Anyways, I think it's only like 10 hours. Yeah. Um, Downloading as we speak. I was gonna say, so just to That's give that a little point. bit of context, uh, when like right at the end of the thing, Jeremy's going through and he's talking about, um, like the, the different recommended readings and, and stuff like that. And he says about the first one. And then the second one, he's like, and this one is like definitely 100%. If I was only going to re recommend one book, this is the one I'd go for. He's getting really, you know, Jazz is like jotting this down on a bit of paper so that we can go out and buy it later. <laughs> and, uh, and as he's talking, I was like, I wonder. Just checked. It's like, ah, oh, it's on Audible as well. And by the time I'd managed to like go through and click buy with a, a credit, uh, Brett's already gone, like, I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on Audible by the time he finished his sentence. But yeah, yeah it was really, really great. And uh, I know I've been a bit busy and not necessarily attending the other ones. I've obviously heard lots of good things about the other classes and teachers that we've got. So thanks to everybody that's doing the classes and taking the time out of their day. They're busy, busy, busy day. Yes. It's yeah. very appreciated. But Jeremy did a great job. And mm -hmm. obviously, I love piratey shit. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to uh, to give um, Jeremy a bit of extra love for that one because it was it was quite a lot different to the other classes. Um, quite a lot of the other classes have been very maker orientated, so getting one that was um, a complete uh, off the wall kind of unrelated um, one was it could have gone either way. I think he picked the perfect. It was the perfect subject for the group. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was so good at, at the way he was talking about everything. And it was such good fun. And um, I think already the next uh, the next class is going to be much better attended, although this was already very well attended. Uh, because Yeah, thanks, Red, for scheduling your premiere right in the middle of it. You're yeah, like, Red, damn you. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, no, I think because uh, already we've had a load more people request to join um, the group um, specifically for it. And I will get the video up of the original talk, uh, hopefully before this one's even out. So yes. yes, if you go and check the Facebook group, it will be in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I've got to spiff someone as well. And yes. I am going to spiff a non-maker a uh, personal friend of mine who is doing a maker-related thing. Um, I think, actually, you might uh, appreciate this as well, Al, because my friend Jonty has <laughs> just bought a caravan. He has. Uh, it's an old, beat-up, piece-of-shit caravan that <laughs> he has gutted in an afternoon, and he's going to be spending the next however long uh, refitting it. Um and yeah, I mean, I I love Johnny to bits. He's uh, he's a very old, very dear friend. Um, he's also a complete fucking redneck, and he's building this caravan, which I, I I think he's intending to tow behind his truck. But I would not trust his truck to uh, make it anywhere, let alone with a caravan on the back. Um, but I'm just looking forward to seeing what weird and wonderful touches him and Claire add to that. So you can find John T on Instagram at John T underscore Carlo because John T is ace. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give him a little bit of love because he's doing a, a maker related thing. Uh, is there any other business from either of you? Because I have a little bit. Go watch Red's video if you haven't already. Yeah. But, but yeah. 
that was one of my bits. So yes, go watch Red's video. It's for a good cause. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Red's, go to the Redsmith on YouTube and watch the video. He explains it all there. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, speaking of watching things, uh, when this comes out, it will be Wednesday. So on Monday, so Monday the 3rd, I think it's Monday the 3rd, on the 3rd, uh, we will almost certainly be doing a Instagram live stream from The Forge, uh, similar to the demos that we do at festivals and things. Uh, reason we're doing it then is just kind of as a consolation prize for not being able to go to makers so me and al will be um doing a demonstration from a respectful distance um on something i'm not quite sure what we're going to be demonstrating but it should be good fun it should be completely unrehearsed and full of mistakes because he hasn't picked up a hammer in weeks uh, <laughs> i haven't been in the workshop for weeks so it will be full of fun fuck-ups and things like that um nice. so yeah if you want to watch that uh, it will be on owls um instagram which is alex paul ironwork so go check that out uh anything else from either of you no yeah all good no? cool I'm all right in which, case, <laughs> in which case if you want to find us you can find us in all of the usual social media places you can find me at moonshine metalworks you can find brett at skull and spade 13 and you can find al at al's hack shack alessandro's dalio bordello <laughs> mamma uh, mia yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to find us as a group uh fwtpodcast.com and facebook and instagram and stuff as well uh yes uh that's it until next week we love you all uh yeah that's it yeah yeah i was gonna try and come up with a clever sign off then and i didn't you just did Bye. 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 Bye.